the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour two, it's Backbone Radio, January 28th, 2024. And it's one of those heavy-duty football nights, but boy, we're already rocking the place with all kinds of folks calling in, checking in, saying hello, having the brilliant discourse that advances our democracy, yes? That's what we're doing around here. We are promoting our democracy, (laughs) getting... The voices out there that, oh, the establishment does not want. They don't want my voice out there, that's for sure. They don't want your voice out there. But you know what? We just kind of keep at it anyways. And we're making really good progress. I saw something that got my attention that that I think is really cool. Snoop Dogg. Who knows Snoop Doggy Dogg? Blake, do you know Snoop Doggy Dogg? Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Yeah, a few of his uh, songs are actually quite excellent. Uh, the What's My Name song, it's better if you get the clean version, just let me say. But, you know, he's a rapper. Everybody knows who Snoop Dogg is. But, boy, he has come out and says, I have nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Whoa! Snoop Doggy Dog has love and respect for Donald Trump. I'll read the exact quote. Uh, He was interviewed by the Times. I assume that, does that mean the New York Times? Interviewing Snoop Dogg? The Times. That could be any of a number of publications. The tweet by Colin Rugg I just came across. But it says this, Just in, Snoop Dogg says he now has nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Wow, the comments came during an interview with The Times. And here's the quote from Snoop Dogg. Donald Trump, he ain't done nothing wrong to me. He has only done great things for me. So I have nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. End quote. Those are direct quotes from Snoop Dogg who, didn't he change his name a while back to, like, Snoop Lion or Lion Dog or something? Anyway, but back in 2017, it was, or was it 2016, uh, Snoop Dogg was, uh, you know, part of the part of the Hollywood anti-Trump contingent and recorded a music video that looked like Snoop Dogg was shooting an effigy of Donald Trump and all that. But, boy, Snoop Dogg is total 180, says, quote, I have nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Guess what, folks? Something is going on. Something is happening here. Donald Trump is leading Biden with Hispanic voters. And there's this whole contingent of African-American rappers who are coming out one after another after another. And now it's like Snoop Dogg even who are saying loving things about Donald Trump, endorsing Donald Trump. And I don't know if this counts as an actual endorsement for Donald Trump, but 
could this be? I mean, I'm sure surely you're going to have the leftists behind the scenes in the recording industry world and Hollywood and all that go after Snoop Dogg and try to get him back um, back supporting Biden. But but this, you know, something is happening here. And you have to know that Donald Trump does better than Republicans do by a magnitude with African-American voters, with Hispanic voters and the rest of it. That is a very big deal that somehow Republicans are not able to do as well as Trump does with uh, with female voters and African-American voters and Hispanic voters. And that is a big deal. Who is the most electable Republican that would be Donald Trump, hands down, the most electable Republican. And here's let, let Trump tell it. He's leading with Hispanics. Right? This is the first time in the history of the poll, this particular one, where a Republican is leading with Hispanics. And that is Trump. I believe that's yesterday in Nevada, where Nikki Haley did not even make it onto the ballot somehow. And I'm not sure how that was some kind of an oversight on Nikki's part or didn't qualify, didn't have enough support. What was the deal? But something has happened in here, ladies and gentlemen, and you saw it happening when Trump was president 2016 to 2020, that when you put America first, that it doesn't matter what your color, race, ethnicity, orientation, any of that stuff is. But you can unify around putting America first. Oh, and you get the sense that it's happening. You get the sense that it's happening in a big way right now. And that only makes the freaky people on top, the Democrats on top, the Biden people, the puppet string pullers, nervous of wanting to pull stunts of all kinds, and we've got our antennae out to see what they are. Notice that three American service members were killed by a drone strike. They were up in northern Jordan near the Syrian border. And, of course, you know, when you have an attack like that, Lindsey Graham, the first thing he does is comes out and says, well, full-scale attack on Iran right now. Let's let's go to war with Iran. So there's going to be a big push from the usual suspects, from the neocon suspects, to have war with Iran, which I say, no, 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 not a good idea to be going there. But could that be part of the plan to disrupt things heading into the 2024 election cycle. Trump issued a statement about what he thinks about Biden's lack of leadership allowing three service members to be killed in Jordan and I'll just I'll just read it very briefly quote statement by Donald Trump 45th president of the United States should I add 47th The drone attack on a US military installation in Jordan killing three service members and wounding many more, marks a horrible day for America. My most profound sympathies go to the families of the brave service members we have lost. I ask all Americans to join me in praying for those who have been wounded. 
this brazen attack on the United States is yet another horrific and tragic consequence of Joe Biden's weakness and surrender. Three years ago, Iran was weak, broke, and totally under control. Thanks to my maximum pressure policy, the Iranian regime could barely scrape $2 together to fund their terrorist proxies. Then Joe Biden came in and gave Iran billions of dollars, which the regime has used to spread bloodshed and carnage throughout the Middle East. This attack would never have happened if I was president, not even a chance, just like the Iranian-backed Hamas attack on Israel would never have happened. The war in Ukraine would never have happened. And we would right now have peace throughout the world. Instead, we are on the brink of World War III. This is Donald Trump's statement. Last paragraph here, quote, This terrible day is yet more proof that we need an immediate return to peace through strength so that there will be no more chaos, no more destruction, and no more loss of precious American lives. Our country cannot survive with Joe Biden as commander-in-chief, end quote. And so, and on the phone lines, if you can hang on, we'll just go to the next break. But I, you can't deny every single thing that is said in Trump's three-paragraph statement is true. It was all peace, global peace, when Trump was the president. Iran was meek and mild. There was no war in Ukraine. Putin did not go after Ukraine. And um, Nobel Peace Prizes should have been given to Donald Trump, at least two or three of them. And so you get Biden in there, and pretty soon you've got the threat of World War III constantly during the entire term of Joe Biden. And it doesn't have to be that way. None of this stuff would be happening if we had a better president, the guy who knows how to keep peace has a demonstrable track record exhibiting that. Be right back. I just hit the refresh button on the text the studio page, and then like a few dozen just popped up. And so I didn't get to see them until just now, so I am very far behind. But someone sent a text that the Chiefs won. And the Ravens lost, and I looked it up. Oh, man, the Chiefs did win 17-10 to 10 over the Ravens. Goodness gracious. So it's going to be the Taylor Swift Super Bowl, and that's my hunch that the, uh, they kind of wanted that. The NFL kind of thought that's what they would prefer. At any rate, thanks for the text to the studio. We'll be responding as able here Um when little windows open up, and it doesn't make sense why that uh, why that was uh, not automatically refreshing. But at any rate, glad you're on board. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. And once in a while, I do remember to mention. Yes, I've started up my great dream new dental practice. And if you're ever out there looking for a dental home, I've been at it for a while, working with some great great colleagues can be found at 303-225-7575. And uh, very caring, very calm, very non-judgmental, very skilled practitioners, if I may be so immodest as to point out. 
Now, I'll get to the phone lines here in just one second. I wanted to mention this guy, Dean Phillips, is running for the presidency, and he's a against Biden. He's a Democrat, and he's like from Minnesota running against Biden, and he actually took it upon himself to go to a Trump rally recently. And he said, wow, you know, I go to this Trump rally and everybody's like so nice and welcoming and hospitable and they were very friendly, friendly people. And he says, you know, golly, uh, the Democrats and the way they've been characterizing Trump and Trump rallies, they're getting pretty delusional. It's been a big delusional thing. And I just just so we work this in, this is, you know, hey, once in a while a Democrat can have his eyeballs open a little bit, a little light bulb turns on. We have a crisis of participation. And I got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line. Every single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly. All of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. Completely delusional. Democrats completely delusional right now. And you heard that? He met, well, like 50-plus people standing out there waiting in the cold to see Donald Trump. He's packing the crowds everywhere he goes. Ah, diverse crowd. You go to any Trump rally and you will be astounded at the diversity of those crowds, the energy, the good cheer. Oh, yeah. The delusional word. Did a little segment on that last week that we're living in the era of delusion. And you turn you tune into your your screens. That's a that's a great recipe for getting delusional thoughts implanted in your mind. You have to know how to defend yourself against them. And you know, Dean Phillips should not be surprised. He should not be shocked. But he's stepping out of the delusion. And uh, salute him for that. Salute him for it. All right, let's say hello to David in Thornton. David, glad you're on board. What's on your mind, David? I just... Uh... Happen to have a new name for all those illegals coming across our southern border. What, what's that they're new name, all, David? Yeah. Well, they're all wearing Biden. A lot of them are wearing Biden T-shirts, so I think they should be, those illegals should be called Bidenomics. <laughs> Bidenomics. Yeah, the, the Bidenomics disaster, terrible for the middle class and the working class. But I don't know. Tucker Carlson says that they're desperately trying to import new voters desperately trying to turn Texas blue. Governor Abbott finally stirred to action. I don't know, David. What do you think? Is a wide-open border what the American people want, do you think? Oh, that's a negatory. (laughs) There's no way. You know, I just look at those illegals and I said, bring them in, you know, and you give them a... Oh, did we just lose David? Oh, David. David vanished. What happened to David? We'll get him back momentarily. But, uh, boy, that was uh, just kind of a kind of a vanish there. Just when he was getting warmed up, and I didn't touch anything, didn't even look at anything. He was just gone, just so you know. We were wanting to hear more from David. 
But uh, delusional, delusional. And that is the thing that, you know, you, you have so many people who are so insulated and they interact with so few people in this country. And maybe that's, you know, maybe enhanced by, by, by COVID a little bit. But they only get their information from the screens. And then you get, you get somebody like Dean Phillips who goes out there and, you know, let's just hear that one more time. And uh, so many people probably listening right now have spent time at a Trump rally or another. He's had five or six here in the state of Colorado. Again, friendly, diverse, high energy, welcoming, hospitality. Dean Phillips, Democrat from Minnesota, lays it on. I believe this is on CNN. We have a crisis of participation. I got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line. Every single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly. All of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. Completely delusional. I wonder, you know, if if this guy could maybe get a little traction somewhere out there, if this if this word could get out a little bit. But I mean, that is the case that, you know, when when you see the things that are going on about, you know, they want to have the the the, the white open board, you they want to have men and women sports. They're they're doing everything upside down. Their economic policies have produced all of this inflation, which is so harmful to the middle and working classes. And you know, caller um, David was just talking about. Uh, about Bidenomics, you know, how does any of that square with what the people of this country want and what they call our democracy? It doesn't square at all. And, you know, if you feel like they're not listening, they're not paying any kind of attention, and they just keep going in the exact straight wrong direction with basically every single one of their policy initiatives and the new, you know, we're talking about the borders, this establishment border bill, which James Lankford of Oklahoma, senator from Oklahoma, is helping negotiate with McConnell. I mean, it just instantly gives citizenship to 1.8 million illegals. And then they're trying to tie in another, what, $60 billion for Ukraine? Yeah. So the way that works is, is that the money goes directly to Ukraine outside of our own borders. And then they're going to sort of maybe even pretend a little bit to secure our own American border. But of course, will that actually happen? No, of course, that's not going to happen. They're trying to use that as a little bit of bait. Say, well, let's let's link let's link uh, more billions to Ukraine with trying to secure our own border a little bit. And just so we all know, and we all know this, they will get that money to Ukraine, to their establishment friends in Ukraine, the oligarchs in Ukraine, or whoever it bounces back to the corridors within the ruling class and the beltway. And then the border will not get any kind of security under this administration because it is their de facto policy that the more wide open that border is, the better. That is somehow or another what they want. And it's just a tad delusional if they think that that's somehow what the American people want. Living in a world of delusion. That Joel Walsh song, you know that one? Or is that Life of Illusion? That's kind of kind of same thing. Hey, be right back. Little song called Pan Bowl by Sturgill Simpson there. And boy, that's one of 
one of his really great ones. Looking for some new stuff from Sturgill when he can. I hope he stays in the country genre. You know, some of these folks start to get a little, I don't know, too techy and poppy and lose that vital thread. I think I'm thinking of Zach Brown there. They kind of lost their way in my, along the way, in my opinion. At any rate, so glad you are on board. Yeah, glad I have the... the te- you know, last week, apparently, there was a ton of text to studio. Yeah, text comes in, Sturgill. And you pronounce it Sturgill or Sturgill. I like to say Sturgill, and once I start on a word, I can't seem to change it. But uh, anyway, it looks like a bunch of texts came in last week, and I, I just didn't see them. So I think I've got our tech deal fixed, and so feel free to be texting away and uh, apologies if, if I wasn't getting back to folks properly last week. But keep them coming. Keep me on track, if you would. Wanted to get this in the record about, and I mentioned it in the opening hour, but the Boys in the Boat film uh, just came out and just saw it. We almost never take time to go to a movie theater, does our family. But we thought, you know, hey, this is going to be a good kids thing story about the 1936 Olympics based on a true story. You remember that that book called Boys in the Boat, which is the number one bestseller a couple years ago when it came out. And uh, my gosh, it was good. The kids loved it. I mentioned it on Twitter and had a bunch of folks say, hey, we love that movie. The kids love that movie. It's about the rowing team that went off to the Olympics in Berlin in 1936 and won the gold medal. And I have to say that it's incredibly refreshing. I mean, I can't tell you this feeling. And that you you see a movie and it's not warped. I mean, Hollywood, how warped they are lately and everything has to be all twisted and transgressive-y and all the stuff that, I don't know, makes it a little bit less fun to watch a movie. And I mean, I like the, it's, you know, the artistic movies and you know i'm a bit of a you know i love the french and the japanese and austrian movies i've got a whole collection of foreign film i'm a bit of a foreign film snob and all that but i have to say what a relief it is to be able to take the whole family to a movie and sit down and have it be a good wholesome entertaining exciting riveting film man (laughs) <laughs> you almost just sigh with relief. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody ever have this feeling? I mean, how many times, is, you know, you, you have to see some Disney something, which we do minimize, these Disney flops that lose like hundreds of millions of dollars because they're always trying to, I don't know, pull whatever their woke stunts are on you. And you're just like, oh, and it gives you that, oh, come on, come on. You know what I mean? Anyway, but George Clooney is the director of this film, and he did a good job. And it was a straight-up film. It's it's like an old-school, would you say, Hollywood film where they actually thought about, hey, you know, let's let's put out a good story, let's entertain people, and let's let's present things, you know, somewhat accurately to the way they are, and let's not get too weird with it. And man, I'm okay with that. And the reason maybe we went to see this, you know, 1936 Olympics, my grandfather happened to be in that 1936 Olympics. He was on the wrestling team. 
And so in our family, we have all kinds of memorabilia from that Olympics and my grandfather's wrestling uniform and photos of the wrestling team on the boat wearing their USA sweatshirts and all. And so we thought, hey, let's go see this. And boy, they did a really good job. George Clooney, I didn't know he had it in him. Did anybody know that Clooney had something like this in him? And the thing about it is, my gosh, um, a good solid slug of USA patriotism in the film. Whoa! Now, we're not used to that. Are we used to that? You know, a little America first kind of action in a film? When, when does that ever happen these days? It's usually so slobbering the other way in basically everything you see. And so I know, you know, Clooney, he's out there on record with a bunch of stuff that, you know, just seems pretty ludicrous whenever he talks politics. But somehow or another, I mean, maybe he's a family man now. He's got a couple kids, married guy, and he, he produces this. And the, the dialogue is a little bit understated, you know, the the characters don't overdo it with uh, their emotions and their thoughts. And, you know, it kind of, I you, you get the sense that in the 1930s, in the middle of the Great Depression, people had a, a certain um, little bit more truncated kind of conversation. And they, they didn't, you know, go into uh, like their whole life story all the time. They didn't have to want to like say too much. And I, I think they were able to to capture a vibe that seemed accurate to me and what these boys who were raised in the Depression when, you know, nobody had anything. Nobody had nothing, right, in the Great Depression, but yet they still would wear their their suits and their ties. They would dress for the occasion. And that's kind of funny. My My family was showing me some videos from Missouri in the town where my mother's family is from. And it was a video from the Great Depression, and people are in the town square. And by gosh, in the middle of the Depression, they're wearing suits, and they're wearing ties, and they're wearing their top hats, and so forth. And you kind of think, and it wasn't any like formal occasion, it's just video from on the street, a day on the street. You know, they're in the middle of the Great Depression, they still have these standards about, you know, grooming and, you know, self-care and so forth, and... A kind of an upright posture, you know, kind of a kind of an upright posture. Sometimes you just wonder if, you know, this country is uh, maybe not quite what it used to be in a lot of ways. Could we, could we handle another Great Depression as well as we handled that last one? But at any rate, you might enjoy going to see Boys on the Boat. Okay, and uh, sure enough, yeah, we went home after the movie and looked at some of the some of the photos of. Grandpa Roy, who, by the way, uh, did a few interviews with Peter Boyles decades ago. And that Peter Boyles liked to, you know, he covers the the wrestling world a little bit. And my grandfather was not one of the show wrestlers. He's like a real wrestler (laughs) and wrestled all around the world and did become a world champion for a while and uh, ended up having a very, very long career uh, in addition to, uh, to being a farmer in southeast Colorado. And so, yeah, the family's full of the wrestling stories. And, you know, for some reason, does it seem like the 1936 Olympics could be the most famous Olympics or the one that seems to be most recalled? I mean, obviously it was in Nazi Germany. And um, 
lot of tension with that. I remember my grandfather was over there and came back and told the family that it wasn't going to be good what was going on in Germany. It wasn't going to be good for the world. He got a bad feeling being over there. Saw some things that he shared with the family. But, of course, everyone knows the Jesse Owens success, the four gold medals Jesse Owens won. People know the boys on the boat story now. Great to have a movie about that. And what about that Louis Zamperini? Remember the movie Unbroken? The book Unbroken, again, top bestseller list about Zamperini, who uh, competed in the 1936 Olympics and then ended up in World War II and ended up on that sort of life raft for how long were they on that life raft? In the South Pacific, they had gotten shot down and they found a way to survive that ordeal. And that was a decent movie that was made about that as well. And you know who directed that one was Angelina Jolie, who also did a pretty straight-up movie with that. So I just put that out there that, you know, it's, 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 it's a strange position to be in culturally when you feel like a sigh of relief that, you know, you, you see something that's, that's well done, that's entertaining, that's, that's okay with saying, hey, USA, let's win the gold. USA, do it for your country. Win this medal for your country, the coach says before the boys get in the boat and go out there and win the thing. But doesn't that seem gauche today, you know, with most of what the cultural attitudes are? Isn't that gauche and backwards and retro? But it just makes it all the more refreshing. And maybe George Clooney had a sense of that, that America has an appetite for this kind of stuff. Maybe he knew that that's, that's, that's what people will, will actually pay a few dollars to go out and see stuff like that. Well done. And the kids like it, too. Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio. Be right back. Glad you are on board at Backbone Radio. Matt Dunn here and Super Blake behind the glass. Talking through a few things that just pop into my mind. The important stuff, the lasting stuff, cultural stuff. Some of it gets political. We'll be talking Nikki Haley a bit in the next hour. And we're all, we're all you think that's going. <laughs> but... One thing I probably should cover that, oh, man, you know, you hate to have to cover some of these things, but uh, there's this E. Jean Carroll had filed a sexual assault lawsuit against Donald Trump in New York. And, uh, oh, man, what a what a travesty of justice, that whole deal. And uh, the jury says Trump has to pay her eighty three point three million dollars. And just, I mean, they're going to put that out in all the headlines and the echo chamber and the the Democrats have already sent out the stuff. And of course, in the end, there will be no payments. And this does, this holds no water whatsoever, of course. But it's, oh, what a, it's just a crazy deal. Um, but more evidence of the corruption, the corruption of the American legal system in the way the the things the establishment can do to, you know, make life hard for the outsider. And it's amazing what Trump has been through, what Trump goes through, and he just keeps on trucking in good cheer, carrying this country on his back, 
the wishes, the hopes, the dreams to save this place that so many tens of millions of Americans are counting on and praying on, ladies and gentlemen. But over, you know, at Breitbart, I mean, you can add up, you can add up some of the things about this E. Jean Carroll travesty of justice. And I'll just say a few things. Just You have to know that this is completely lunatic nonsense, okay? But they're trying to get the headlines, and it's, it's, it's kind of part of how they rig stuff. But 15 facts about E. Jean Carroll's allegations against Trump the media don't want you to know by Hannah Blow Knudsen at Breitbart came out yesterday. And so this E. Jean Carroll's alleged there was an, a sexual assault in a Bergdorf Goodman um, outlet. I guess that's a clothing, it's a dressing room in the mid-1990s. I, apparently she can't even remember um, when it happened, but she says mid-1990s. But one, Bergdorf Goodman has no surveillance video of the alleged incident. Two, there are zero witnesses to the alleged sexual attack. Three, Carol first came forward conveniently with the allegations while promoting her book, What Do We Need Men For? in 2019. 2019, which would be decades after the alleged incident. Four, Carol was unable to remember when this alleged act, uh, this alleged attack even occurred. Apparently she jumped years beginning with 94, then moving to 1995 and then floating to 1996. She cannot remember the season in which the alleged attack occurred either. Five, and this is interesting, that she claimed that she was wearing a Donna Karan blazer dress during the alleged incident. But during that broad time frame that she has proposed, this particular Donna Karan blazer dress was not even made yet, was not even available. Okay, so that uh, seems pretty significant. Mm. And, oh, there's six, and I could keep going on with this list. Um, apparently, she's, she's kind of an unusual person. She has very vulgar names for her cat and her dog that I won't go into here. Um, number nine, Joe Tecapina, an attorney for Trump, pointed out that in May 2023, Carol's entire story has incredible similarities to a 2012 episode of Law and Order. <laughs> so a TV show called Law and Order, which the plot of these allegations looks like it's almost verbatim lifted out of that. And um, apparently um, on the witness stand... This E. Jean Carroll said she loved Trump's show, The Apprentice. I was a big fan of the show, very impressed by it. Quote, had never seen such a witty competition on TV, and it was about something worthwhile competing, end quote. I don't know. What kind of a picture are you getting here with all of this? Eleven. Um, oh, some of this stuff is vulgar enough. I won't read it. Twelve is a significant one. 
Carol is financially backed by an anti-Trump Democrat mega-donor, Reed Hoffman. Does that name ring a bell, Reed Hoffman? Who's a big financial backer, a Democrat financial backer of Nikki Haley. See how this works? And And Reed Hoffman has openly admitted to visiting convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's private island. Yeah. So the same people who are funding establishment neocon Nikki are funding, financially backing the sexual assault allegations of E. Jean Carroll against Donald Trump. And this Reed Hoffman also uh, has visited Jeffrey Epstein's private island. Yeah, how do you start adding those things up? <clears throat> then you can look at uh, one of Carol's attorneys is Roberta Kaplan, a Democrat Party activist. And um, mm-hmm, uh, go, won't go into that one. Uh, and... By the way, 14, this lawsuit was only able to proceed after Democrats created a new law to allow this to proceed. So the Democrats created this law called the Adult Survivors Act in 2022. And so E. Jean Carroll pursued this lawsuit in November following the law going into effect, which allowed her to avoid the statute of limitations for this case. And, um, you know, this E. Jean Carroll, you know, is just a, you know, different kind of person, shall we say. And apparently she's on record as having stated at one point, quote, most people think of rape as sexy, end quote. So that's that's a little picture of this case. So, again, does it make sense how these things come together and how, you know, you get to, you know, when I talk about the billionaire's. The billionaires, and there's there's that that billionaire <clears throat> named Hoffman. Hoffman, who's spent a little time out there on Epstein Island, Reed Hoffman, throwing big money for Nikki Haley to compete against Donald Trump in the primary. And again, he's a Democrat, right? He's a Democrat, and then is also a big financial backer of this E. Jean Carroll, and so. Uh, the media, of course, is going to report this just straight up, and they're going to try to portray Trump in a certain way. But, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you add up any of those 15 items pointed out here in this Breitbart article, does it make you think twice about this? And does it make you see through this a little bit? And does it make you make you see sort of more clearly what exactly is going on here and how this works right. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the story there. And it's just going to be one of those little momentary distractions. They'll try to maximize a little bit of media coverage on this. But I again, don't you think most people see this kind of stuff? They're like, yeah, not buying it, not buying it. Yeah. And uh, Trump's attorneys had some very solid statements afterwards coming out of the courtroom. But, I mean, people just look at this. They're like, oh, man, this is I, – I see. I think it's backfiring. This, this, it's, this stuff is backfiring on them. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.